Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. All right, welcome back, class. Today's subject is Infinity Pool, the latest starring Mia Goth and Alexander Skarsgård and the weirdness that is this month of January. Let's talk about it. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of All Right, Let's Talk About It, where I do film reviews and film industry commentary. I am your host, Savannah. If you are brand spanking new, welcome, welcome, welcome. I am glad you're here. Today, we are talking about Infinity Pool. But before we even get into that, I just need to say something. I think I've mentioned this before, and I know I've mentioned this before, either on here or on TikTok or both. But there is a science to release dates. It's not just, you know, studios picking a date willy-nilly thinking, oh, this will be cute here. No, there is a strategy behind it because you want your film to be successful. You want your film to make money. You want your film to make back budget. So make back the money that was spent and some. And in order to do that, you need to release your film at the opportune time. It matters. It, it, it completely matters. In January, February, March are what are called dump months. So you had October, November, December. That's your Oscar season, your movies of the year, uh, horror films that come out. And then always something that's kind of like a big bang film that comes out in December. This past year, it was Avatar, which, you know, RIP to the um, box office numbers for a lot of films coming out this year because Avatar is still making money. And now that it's been nominated for multiple awards, people are going to be itching to see it before awards come out but you know you have your big movies that come out october november december and then you know those start to kind of wane a little bit going into january february march and so right after march kind of going march midway going into spring that's your spring season and then things really pick up memorial day weekend that's when summer starts so if you have a movie that's either not very good or it's kind of mid or, you know, you really don't know what audience to kind of point it at. You're not sure. You want it to be successful. You want it to make money, but you don't want to compete with those big summer blockbuster films. January, February, March is a good thing. And especially because this time of the year has a reputation for having some of the worst movies of the year. I don't expect anything spectacular from January or February films, maybe March, but definitely not January or February. I expect to be entertained. You know, 
that's about it. But the films that have come out in January this year have been excellent. We have Megan, which was campy, fun, potential cult classic. Plane, which was a whole roller coaster ride. That was great. Gerard Butler. Uh, Missing, that came out last week. Wonderful. And now we have Infinity Pool, which is different, but it's good. But here's the thing. Before we even get into whether or not it's good. Actually, you know what? You know what? We'll come back to that in a minute. Infinity Pool. What is this film? So this is a film starring Mia Goth and Alexander Skarsgård. Mia Goth was in X and Pearl last year, neither of which I saw. So this is my first Mia Goth experience that I'm aware of. And Alexander Skarsgård, I've known this man since my early 20s. So what we're going on, what, 15 years, give or take, of me being very familiar with him. Because what, seven seasons of True Blood? plus some other movies here and there that he's done. His brother, Bill Skarsgård, is a horror movie darling. He was in Barbarian last year. He has been Pennywise twice in the movie It. And he did some other things for Netflix. He was in Castle Rock, which is on Hulu, which is um, a conglomerate of Stephen King adaptations. If you've never watched that television show, it's actually really good. It's on Hulu called Castle Rock, where they combine all these different Stephen King novels and stories to create a series. Um, so even if you're not familiar with Stephen King's work, it's, it's a lot of fun. Go watch it. That's my plug for the day. And so, yeah, I'm obsessed with the Skarsgård brothers. I love them. They're wonderful. I would marry one of them if I could. He, the, he's the reason I went to see this movie, because if you'd asked me before yesterday what this movie was about, I couldn't tell you. I had no idea. I'd seen the th- trailer. I don't know how many times, many times, because remember, I go to the movies every single week. So I've seen this trailer multiple times. Couldn't tell you what it's about. But Alexander Skarsgård's in it. And that's enough for me to get a ticket. Yep. I'm that simple. So my thought going into it, you know, if this isn't any good, hey, I got eye candy and I don't get a whole lot of that. I'm in New Orleans. Everyone's here is either gay, married or in college. I'm 35. Okay. So a good looking Alexander Skarsgård in some summer clothes. I'll take it. I will take it and I will not complain. So I figured, you know, either way, I'm going to have a little fun. I had more than fun. This was an excellent film directed by Brandon Cronenberg. And now that I've seen it, I'm not even sure if I can tell you what this is about. This is your warning that there will be spoilers um, because there's no way to really explain this without spoiling it. Um, There's no way to really break it down and get into the nitty gritty without spoiling it. But even still, I I could spoil it for you and I still think you'd be confused. You really have to kind of see it in experience and then get whatever it is you get out of it, out of it, you know? But this is about a couple, um, Alexander Skarsgård and his, who plays James Foster and his wife, M, played by, um, portrayed by, goodness, I'm thirsty, portrayed by Cleopatra Coleman. And they are on vacation at this resort in this fictional island. I kept hearing the name of the island, but it escaped me. And they are... Having troubles, it seems like she is kind of an heiress, so to speak. She comes from money. Her father owns a publishing house and he's a writer. Well, sort of. He wrote one book several years ago that didn't really go anywhere. And he is hoping to find inspiration for his next book, which is why they're on the vacation. The vacation was his idea. He wanted some kind of inspiration. Well, they end up meeting this couple, uh, Mia Goth, uh, who plays a woman named Gabby Bauer and her husband. And she 
recognizes him immediately and says, oh, you're James Foster. I read your book. I loved your book. And he's very shocked because he's shocked that someone not only read his book, but loved it. And that's the trap right there. That That's where the trap happens. This man who wrote a book that he was proud of, but no one else was. And then he meets someone who gives him the praise that he has been looking for for years. And now he's, that's the trap. And that's what this movie is. How do I make this make sense? How do I explain what I just saw? I don't know how. This was an acid trip of an experience of a film. It's definitely a horror film. I wouldn't say it's scary, but it it has that kind of underlining. I'm very uncomfortable. I don't want to be here. This is weird. I don't understand. It's that kind of horror. It's not your traditional jump scare horror. It's it's, it's a little bit of sci-fi kind of mixes it with a little bit of art house, some avant-garde and noir. It's mixing all of these elements. This is something I would have watched in college, probably in an aesthetics class, Um, breaking down all the different elements, the way they use color, sound, lighting, uh, costuming, all these different elements of the film is something that I would have broken down and studied in a college class. So there's an intelligence to it that's, not seen very often in films nowadays because everyone wants to entertain and which is fine I am all about being entertained that's why I go to the movies every week because it's entertaining for me but it's nice sometimes to see a movie that is not just entertainment but it's art this attempts to be an art piece and I think it succeeds It's just beautiful. It's what did I say on TikTok? I said, you know, it's beautiful in the way you'd find a vulgar rainbow beautiful. That's that's a pretty accurate description. So how do I make this movie make sense? So we have Alexander Skarsgård, who plays James Foster, his wife, M, who meets up with Gabby and her husband, Albin, and they end up getting in a car accident where he ends up hitting a guy crossing the street. Kind of reminded me of I know what you did last summer. And, you know, they're in a, I think what any tourist fears is committing a crime in a foreign country because it's not America. We know how America works. We know what our um, rights are. But when you're in a foreign country and you commit a crime, things can be a little bit different. And they're in a place that's a little bit, little barbaric. So, you know, they try to pretend like nothing ever happened. The other couple says, oh, we'll take care of it. Go to sleep. We'll see you in the morning at breakfast. They don't even make it that far. They end up getting, um, James and his wife end up getting arrested. And this is where the spoilers come in because there's no way to explain any of this without spoiling it. So they end up going to get arrested and they say, you know, because you took a life, we take a life, you can be executed. He said, however, we can do something to make sure that you don't get executed, but in a sense, you do get punished. They have this weird pool, this technology that's able to create body doubles, living body doubles, so that There's an execution, but it's not them. So they create body doubles with, you know, for a sum of money said, hey, we're going to execute for this crime. However, if you pay us a little bit of money, we can get you out of this, but it's going to be slightly twisted. So he doesn't have any money. His wife does. So she pays the fee for them to make a body double of him because he was the one driving the car that hit the person, makes a body double of him. And then he watches a little boy kill him. Are you understanding what I'm saying? He he watches, he gets executed, right? But it's not him. It's his body double. He watches himself die. It's, I know it's strange. You're probably like, huh? I don't get what? 
Yeah, it's weird. It's very strange. But this is such a pivotal moment because we have James Foster, who is this struggling writer, who is a weak excuse of a man, very submissive, kind of, I don't want to say feminine, but there's a feminine quality to him where his femininity really is just weakness. Don't come at me saying femininity isn't weakness. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not explaining this right. But he is feminine in a way that he's kind of soft and damselly and distressed and just weak. It's, it's, stereo, it's, it's something that film does to kind of put a point across because even though we don't like certain stereotypes, it makes sense. We know what they're trying to say. So he is this weak, submissive excuse of a man. And all of a sudden he sees himself die and it changes something in him. It changes something in him because he watches his body double, who is him, who looks like him, talks like him, sounds like him, scream and beg for help. And it's this weakness that he's always seen in himself, that everyone else has seen in him. And he watches this little boy destroy these weak parts of him. And it's it changes something in him. He's not so weak anymore. He feels this new, renewed kind of strength. Because remember, he came to this island for for inspiration. And when people say, I need to be inspired, it's just a fancy conversation shutting way of saying, I need a reason. I need a reason. Well, now he's found a reason. He's not weak anymore. That part of him is gone. It's died. And even more morbid, they give him the ashes from the body double that died. Because remember, this is a real person that they've managed to create and execute. This person not just dies, but he bleeds and it's brutal and it's violent and it's gross. And they give him the ashes and he takes the ashes back with him. His wife is disturbed. Like, how could you just sit there and watch? Because she turned her head away and just didn't watch. But he watched the entire thing, eyes glued. He went from being completely disturbed and disgusted to smiling and just enjoying the moment. Very, very weird. And... Now he's a whole new man. He's not the man who married this woman who is obviously more dominant than him. There's this battle in the movie between dominance and submission because you have this man who is six foot four. Let's pause for a minute. Alexander Skarsgård is tall, but he's not just tall. He's big. He has a very lean, I would say like a surfboard build. He's just long. He's six foot four, which is not an unusual tall. It's not like it's something we haven't seen before. He's six foot four, but he, his, the way his body is built, it makes him look taller. It makes him look longer. Um, his brother, Bill Skarsgård has the same problem. And, but it, Bill Skarsgård is a little bit skinnier, a little bit leaner than his brother. And they both have this issue where it's almost hard to film them. Because you want to show them as, you don't want to show them as domineering and overbearing. You want them to portray a certain kind of personality and character. And in this instance, he is a submissive man. He's very submissive. He's not very dominant. He doesn't really know how to stand up for himself. He kind of lets his wife call the shots. Um, he's quick to dismiss whatever it is she wants to do, but she is quick to support him in whatever he wants to do. That's their relationship is she's a woman who is down for him, who is supporting him, building him up, even though she can see that he's a failure. She kind of hints at it a little bit. She's frustrated that he's not doing anything yet. She's there for him. She supports him. She loves him. She pushes him. She encourages him. And even though he is quick to dismiss anything that she wants to do on this vacation, he she's ready and down for whatever he wants to do. 
he doesn't know how to lead. And being the person that I am and just my own personality, seeing a man who is just not wanting to lead, I found him instantly unattractive. And that was a problem. Because he's Eric Northman and he's cute. And it's weird having watched seven seasons of Eric Northman, this manic, manipulative monster of a Viking vampire who commands a room, who people tremble at the sound of his name, who uses his height to cast a shadow over people, who is dominance personified. It's it's interesting having seen him in that way and seeing them figure out a way to use his height to show that he is less than. You have to be tricky with that, with people who are tall like that. Because again, he's tall, but his tall is different. His tall is a little bit different. It it was it was funny to see how they manipulate his height because he's always tall. But in certain ways, you have to remind people that this is a weak ass man who is good for nothing. And to not be tripped up over the fact that he's tall and good looking. So they do this with his clothes. They'll drape him in long clothing that makes him look small or they'll have him hunch and he'll be he does this thing. He does this in a lot in different movies where he slouches and he hunches and it's it, it, it makes him look weak and it makes him look frail. It's it's always interesting seeing how different cinematographers work with his height. But I digress. So now you have this man who's watched himself die. He's watched the worst and weakest part of him that he hates die. And what does he do with it? He he can't be with his wife anymore, can he? I mean, because she's not seeing what he sees. She's disturbed by what she saw. And what she saw was her husband, the man she loves, enjoy watching him di- himself die. How do you reconcile that? But again, he's met this other woman named Gabby and her husband, and she trapped him by saying, hey, I know you. I love your book. And they knew. They knew that when that man died, that he would be arrested and he would have that experience. Why? Because they all had the same experience. So not only is he trapped with Gabby and her husband, he's met this whole little club of people, two other couples who have gone through the same experience. And they feel this weird sense of liberation, this sense of chaos, because not only have they watched themselves die, something they bring up is they don't know who died. Was it the double or was it themselves? Are they the double? Who are they? And so there's this weird sense of not knowing this question mark that they're living in, which gives them this feeling of liberation that causes them to create all this kinds of chaos. So now they are doing stupid stuff, breaking into places, stealing things. They end up killing another person and they have to go through the same experience again. So the first time James watches a little boy stab himself. And the second time he watches a bunch of soldiers or police officers or whoever slit his throat along with the rest of the crew. And now he has another set of ashes. So this is a man who's literally watching the pieces of himself that he hates and he doesn't like just peel back. So the first time he saw the weakness in him peel back. And now he's watching that submissive nature that just goes along to get along peel back. This is kind of weird avant-garde art house where they take these visual metaphors, something that's easily said in a sentence or in a simple scene, and they turn it into something visual to kind of engage and get that brain motor running to make you think. 
I don't know. I thought it was beautiful. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. All right, so this movie is excellent. It's well done, well crafted, beautifully shot. I thought the acting was great. Uh, but I, I meant what I said, and I stand by this, that it may not be your cup of tea. And I say that because I don't know what you've been exposed to. This is just different. Um, this isn't something that you would typically see on a weekend. This is something they would show in like a small art house theater. Does that make sense? So if, if you are privy to that environment, if you are used to watching that those kind of movies, I think you would enjoy this right away. If you're not used to that, I think it might take you a minute to kind of grasp what this is. Don't hear me. Don't listen to what I'm saying. And then hear she thinks she's more sophisticated than us. No, what I'm saying is that I studied film in college. And so this is something that would have been shown in a college class, something kind of weird and out there. Well, to me at the time was weird and out there. Now I understand what it is. I've just been exposed to film in a setting in which I would be exposed to something like this. It's not something I would typically would have watched on my own on a weekend. That's all. Um, we just have different levels of exposure. So as someone who has been exposed to something like this, it, I wasn't shocked by it. It's It was normal for me. I wasn't put off by it. I wasn't thrown off by the fact that the narrative kind of went in a weird direction. 
or that I was seeing things that didn't quite make sense. I understood what was happening. I think if you're not exposed to this kind of avant-garde nature of visual storytelling, it might take you a minute to appreciate what's in front of you. That's all. Basically, what I'm saying is if you take to seeing this film and you are not well-versed or have been really exposed to avant-garde art house films, be patient. Give it a minute. Give it a minute. Sit on it afterwards or watch it a second time because this is a beautifully done film, well-executed, but it's just different. And it has these moments of nonsensicalness that just make sense because this man is literally in a fever dream. I enjoy films like this where we're questioning our reality. We're not sure what's real and what's not. Kind of reminds me of the ending of Inception when you have that moment where it's like, hold up. Wait, now you're back to questioning everything you just experienced. We have many moments in this where there are things happening in the night and then we get into the daytime and everything's clear and everything looks real and everything starts to make sense that you're wondering, was that nonsense from last night? Was it real? I love movies that kind of play with our minds in that way that seek to kind of pull at the strings and the neurons in our brain to force us to step aside and and ask questions and sometimes step back and say, you know what? It takes way too much time to ask questions. I'm just going to experience this. And then once it's over, you're like, what the hell? I like stuff like that. And maybe I'm just weird. But this really did have kind of an art house feel to it with the way it was shot. So there's a scene where... It's very in the very beginning and they're at a Chinese restaurant somewhere off the resort or on the resort, but like downtown or whatever. And, you know, the two couples are sitting across from one another and James Foster is sitting across from Gabby and the way they decided to shoot them off center. It's weird. Whenever you're doing close-ups of someone's face, it's typical to have them kind of centered, but kind of off-centered. It's an actual technique, but they have them all the way to the end of the frame. And we have all this empty space next to their heads. And it's interesting. It's kind of off-putting and it's it, it disorients you a little bit to kind of prepare you for the roller coaster ride. It's like, you know, taking anti-nausea medication before you go on a plane. You know, or, you know, uh, the, the thing they do to prepare astronauts for zero gravity. We're going to mess with you just a little bit so that when we get into the real thing, you're not so shocked. You know, we're not just going to thrust you into the extreme. We're going to ease you into it. So they do little things like in the beginning where there's unnecessary sound where she's walking and it's like a boom, boom, boom. And then we get to the scene at dinner where we have close-ups of their faces, but there's so much empty space in the frame. And then Mia Goth, who has either really, really fair eyebrow hair or she ain't got no eyebrows. That right there 
That right there. And I've since learned that she likes to keep her eyebrows very natural, but honey looked like she didn't have no eyebrows. And that bugged me from the very beginning. There's nothing wrong with women who have no eyebrows. I have nothing against women who have no eyebrows. We're talking about from a film context where everything is intentional. And while she may like to keep her eyebrows natural, if she's in a movie and they say, hey, we need to color your eyebrows, they're going to color her eyebrows. But they intentionally allowed her to keep her eyebrows probably the way she keeps them, which is doing absolutely nothing with them brave woman to wear a full face of makeup and do nothing with your eyebrows because your eyebrows when you're doing your makeup they frame your face they set the shape of your face and she decided that's just bold brave and just you have to be really secure to be okay with that because not a lot of women can do it um i think as a for a lot of us women we can be very insecure and you know feel a little weird about our eyebrows mia goth doesn't care so she we get off-putting from the beginning with sound where it's a boom, boom, boom. And then we meet Mia Goth who has no eyebrows and she's very charming and she's very sweet, but she looks sketchy. It's like, what, what do I buy here? Am I supposed to buy the action that's being told or am I supposed to, you know, listen to the words written on her face in a sense? You know, the lack of eyebrows is a statement. So what am I supposed to believe? Am I supposed to believe the way she's acting or am I supposed to believe the statement? And then we get to this dinner scene where the framing is off and we have all this empty space and all this empty space that's left to fill, letting us know that there's more to come, there's more to fill, and that there's an emptiness, a void that we're going to shove a lot of information in and it's going to overwhelm you. So this is a horror film that doesn't so much seek to scare you, but it wants to throw you off balance. It's somewhere between a thriller and a horror, but it's definitely not a thriller. It's not a thriller in the same way Missing was a thriller. This is a movie that wants to throw you off, make you uncomfortable, put you in a position where you almost feel violated, but you can't leave. You don't get a whole lot of films like that. I think the last movie I saw where I literally, I sat in the seat and I felt a little bit violated was The Libertine with Johnny Depp from years ago. I think I might've been in college when that movie came out. Disturbing actually. Um, if you ever watch it, he's good in it though. Very good. I, I'm sad he didn't get any recognition for that one, but it's disturbing. So Mia Goth, I want to talk about her for a second because I have no experience with her. I didn't see X last year. I wanted to see X, but I didn't get around get around to seeing it. And I didn't see Pearl. And I didn't see Pearl because I didn't see X. And I wanted to see X first. And um, I have been following awards chatter very heavily for the last several months. And her name comes up quite a bit. People are perturbed at the lack of recognition that Mia Goth got for Pearl. Um, I, I can't comment on it. I haven't seen it, but apparently she's a great actress. I got a little bit of a taste of her in this movie, Infinity Pool, and she is wonderful. She's so good. She's spectacular. She's also, I think, married to Shia LaBeouf, which makes her even cooler. I'm not even mad at her for that. 
she is very charismatic. She's beautiful, but she's a different kind of beautiful. She's not your your typical, stereotypical, you know, quote unquote, European beauty standards beautiful. She just has a very unique face. She reminds me of Anya Taylor-Joy. Anya Taylor-Joy is beautiful, but she's also kind of off-putting. Her face is just very blank and you can do whatever you want with her. I think Mia Goth is beautiful in the same way in that she has a less conventional kind of beauty that makes her almost malleable because she doesn't have this conventional beauty that there's nothing you can do with it almost um you can't manipulate it it's so it's so standard you can't make it unstandard but she is a beauty that's unstandard that you can literally mold her and do whatever you want with her and she's still beautiful you don't see that a lot um almost kind of an old school beauty in a sense, a regal beauty. and But she's an incredible actress. I really enjoyed her in this. She was equal parts charming and lovely and sadistic and manipulative. This had elements of film noir in it. And she was very femme fatale. She was femme fatale. Um, if I had to call this anything, I would say, you know, this could have been a modern noir film. You know, you had your a uh, sad little bastard of a man who gets manipulated by a beautiful woman and in a sense ruins his life. There are so many different themes to explore here. We can talk about the dominant versus submissive nature of the film where this man who was very submissive and doesn't like that about himself and enjoyed watching these parts of him die coming into this man who's supposed to be strong and a leader and then realizing he's just not that person that in order for him to be the dominant man that Gabby is calling him to be he has to lose the best parts of himself he he lost some of the worst parts of himself but in order to be someone he's not he has to lose the best parts and coming face to face with destroying himself over and over and over again until there's almost nothing left I think this also speaks to just the power of women and that women can make or break you. And what the making or the breaking looks like really depends on your perspective because he has his wife who is very supportive of him and pushes him and even went on this crazy vacation with him because he wanted to be inspired. But at the same time, she cuts him down. She She's pushing him and elevating him to new levels and she cuts him down. And but then you have Gabby who is lifting him up and, you know, complimenting him on his only accomplishment. But she is tearing him to pieces down to the raw parts, infantilizing him, literally. Um, we're just, I'm just going to leave it at that. So women really have the capability of making or breaking a man. We are that powerful. And I think we forget that, that. When we are at our most healthy or unhealthy, it really plays a role in how men function and operate. Nobody wants to talk about that. Nobody wants to admit it. But I think any good man can tell you that having a good woman by your side makes all the difference in the world. Having the wrong woman by your your side can ruin everything. We are that powerful. 
that we can make or break. We can build and tear down men and we can build and tear down kingdoms. We are women. We are that powerful. And I think we forget that. But I think this movie really speaks to that in these two women, his wife, and then this woman whom he's having basically an affair with. We're women and we're amazing, but we're also a little bit scary. But I often wonder, looking at this film, are we going to see more films like this? Does Infinity Pool create an opportunity for the film industry to branch out and start creating art again? Not to say that the films that we've seen in the recent years aren't art. It's all art. It's visual storytelling. It's moving pictures. It's all art. It's all magic. But going back to the kind of old school avant-garde art house pieces that you don't really see much of anymore. The the sense of French expressionism with a touch of German expressionism. Are we going to get some of that back? I think Nosferatu is being remade with Bill Skarsgård, so the younger Skarsgård, and that's German expressionism. That that entire thing. And I wonder what kind of elements are we going to see from that? Are we going to be able to bring? This old cool old school style of storytelling of cinematography, of photography in general, using shadows and shapes and edges to really craft the frame. Are we going to be able to bring this back for modern audiences? I think it would be really sweet to see more films like this make it to the mainstream and out of the art house community so that other people can experience something different. Because after a while, you get tired of the same. You get tired of the same. And I think that's why people love Avatar so much, because the technology, while it's old, motion capture is not new. Um, The music video Ghost, Michael Jackson, that's motion capture. All the dancing skeletons, that's him in a suit with lights on. That's all that is. Um, Titanic, James Cameron again. Um, When you see the ship for the first time and you see people waving from the ship at a distance, those aren't real people. That's like one woman in a suit with lights on it. That's motion capture. So this is not new technology, but seeing in seeing it in the way it's done in Avatar, it's new, it's explosive, it's different. And I think we live in a world that's ready for different. I don't know. I would love to see more art house type of films in the mainstream. And I would love to see more people exposed to it, just their eyes and their minds open to something different, just to explore a different kind of narrative. But for the most part, I enjoyed this. I loved it. This was right up my alley. I I still don't know what it was about. I don't quite understand. Maybe I explained it to the best of my ability, but I highly recommend. Just know if you are not one to go and see art house films, it might take you a minute. Be patient. This might be a little bit outside your wheelhouse, but don't let that stop you from seeing something spectacular. I think this is just a beautifully done film, and I think everyone should have an opportunity to experience it. And if this is outside your comfort zone, perfect. Don't bring your kids, though. Don't bring your children. This is not a movie for kids. This is not even a movie for your teenagers, okay? It's vulgar. It's crass. Um... It's unnecessary in some aspects. There's a lot of sexual content, um, full frontal nudity, male and female. It goes there. Do not bring your kid of any age. Don't do it. Um, but for the most part, I loved it. And I can't see, I can't wait to see what comes out of this type of vision. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
Well, that was the most chaotic review I've ever done. But that happens sometimes. Sometimes you watch a movie and you're like, I have no idea what that was, but I know I enjoyed it. And that was my experience here. I thought Infinity Pool was a beautiful, well-crafted little art house film. Great acting, great cinematography. I love the way this was shot. I loved all the pretty colors. Mia Goth is lovely. I'll have to catch up on her resume. Um, It'll be interesting to see in the coming years if she decides to branch out of the scary movie genre. But if this is where she likes to be, then so be it. I'm here for it. Alexander Skarsgård is hot. I love looking at him, but he was wonderful in this as well. Um, He could eat his dirty shoelaces, if I'm being completely honest, and I'd be satisfied. But don't, you know, take my bias too seriously. He was great in this. He's wonderful. And I loved it. Let me know if you see it this weekend. Whether you liked it or didn't like it, let me know. You are not going to hurt my feelings. I want to hear from you. It's a joy for me to be able to do what I enjoy doing and share it with others. So however you felt, let me know. I really want to hear from you because this was just different. This was very different. So what's coming up? Tonight I am seeing Women Talking. Finally, it just got nominated for Best Picture. And then next week, I'm seeing 80 for Brady and Knock at the Cabin, the new M. Night Shyamalan film. Very excited. So you might get three reviews next week. That's insane. But it's going to be fun. Thank you so much for listening. If you're interested in supporting this podcast in any way, check the description on whatever platform you're using. And there are a list of ways in which you can support this podcast. But you listening is amazing support. It means the world to me. Thank you so much for tuning in. And I will see you guys next week. Want to advertise on this podcast? Check the episode description to see how you can be featured on the next episode. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.